Hey, you. Live on a Friday. We're doing this again on the on the weekend. It's perfect. Yeah. <laughs> it is the second time. <laughs> second, second time. Yeah. Well, uh, happy Friday and happy officially uh, active in the season. Yes. Uh, I'm glad we're here. <laughs> yeah, it definitely again. feels good. Like we we saw the uh, season opener go down last night. Uh Super well if you're a Chiefs fan, not so much if you're a Texans fan, but if you're a Texans fan, I don't really feel any sympathy for you. Um, but I mean, I know we weren't even sure we'd get to this point. Um, so how are you feeling now that we actually managed to see a game happen? I, I feels, it feels pretty good. I mean, again, it was kind of nice to like kind of turn on the TV and have football on and, and hear the, the sounds of the crowd and seeing people, you know, kind of in the stands and stuff and, you know, all the, all the little nuances that happened during the game. It was just, it was a lot of fun, man. It was, it was so cool to kind of be back here. I mean, you know, again, I, I kind of predicted early on that I didn't think that we would get to this point and here we are. So I was a little advantageous trying to, you know, see into the future, but uh, I didn't really think the NFL would pull it off because they didn't really seem to have their, uh, their stuff together, and and, and you kind of saw that a little bit in the game, right? With with kind of uh, a lot of freedom with uh, the way the players and the the fans were kind of handling themselves, you know. But at the same time, I mean, they they did a, a really good job of of getting to this point, and so it, it was cool to just you know finally see it all come together. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think that you know it definitely was one of the few moments this year that just felt normal and good and comfortable to see a football game happening. Uh, and, you know, you mentioned the fans. I was actually surprised how loud they were to, mm-hmm. to only have a small capacity uh, filled stadium. The, the noise level was pretty impressive. It's certainly Arrowhead. They're known for that. Um, and there certainly are going to be some odd elements I think we'll have to get used to. I mean, obviously the, the, the mask wearing and it being a little bit intermittent, whether it be the referee is discussing a call, making a call. And then you had Andy Reed rocking the face shield for most of the game. And then sort of towards the end, he was like, eh, I'm over this. Like all that said, I think to your point, like we've seen enough from the, the league testing to feel like this is as safe as an environment as it can be. Um, so, you know, it'll be a, a week by week scenario, but it is a week by week league. So it was definitely just good to see a game actually take place. Yeah, agreed. You know, I, I had I watched a lot of F1, as I mentioned on the show before, and I thought a lot of the protocols from that were going to be implemented to get us to the first game with, you know, everybody on lockdown and, you know, you're you're pretty much just tied to a chair because you can't move. You know, I thought it was going to be something like that, but it was actually pretty, pretty, a lot more free than I thought and, you know, good or bad. That's just the way the NFL is going to roll. But I, you know, I think like you said, watching the stuff on hard knocks and, and just kind of taking in, even, you know, reading about how serious the Titans were about like, you know, uh, a lot of the rookies and, you know, the veterans coming to camp and being in quarantine for, you know, so many days before they could even get to the field. It was uh pretty serious house they were taking it. And I remember reading just yesterday how they did something like 5,000 something tests, you know, on all the players to, to, you know, keep everybody safe, you know? So uh, it was just, it was unreal how many tests they were just doing. So yeah, no, I think, and I think that was like per team or something, you know? So um, yeah, it just, it was good to see. And it was, I was glad we made it here because the NFL 
pulled it off somehow or another. <laughs> yeah, we, we needed it for sure. Uh, and we were texting during the game and talked a little bit before even, but you know, I think, I think we ultimately saw what you would expect from the chiefs. I mean, they, they kind of had some hiccups early on, but overall they were very efficient. Didn't really have an issue moving the ball or, or scoring very good all around game. Texans just looked really sloppy though. And so to me, it almost seemed like, you know, maybe that speaks to coaches, especially in having their teams ready during a season where there's no preseason. I mean, it, it almost seemed like the Texans thought this was preseason for a while, but like, you know, it just really looked night and day in terms of like the chiefs being ready and Houston, just not really seeming to be in sync or, or playing cohesively at all. Yeah, no, I, I think, you know, in nor- given normal circumstances, you would have like, you know, cause I think there's like, good guys and then there's like elite guys and the elite guys are like you know there's nothing you can really do to I mean you can't coach that kind of eliteness that that those type of guys have but it felt like the game was just more normalized if that makes sense like nobody seemed to be like a greater force than anybody else and it, it to me watching it really seemed like it came down to the coordinators kind of you know uh calling up plays against each other and it and it felt to me, you know, coming back to the preparedness that you spoke about, is that I felt like the, the Kansas City Chiefs coordinators were way more prepared than the Texans coordinators. They just always seemed to counter uh, the Texans on fourth down. You saw them counter the, you know, the offense for the Texans, you know, on third down. And uh, it was it was just, I think, a really well-called game, you know, from the Chiefs side, you know. So, I mean, and then again, it was good to see Texans lose. <laughs> Absolutely. We'll take the divisional loss anytime. Uh, the, the secret weapon to me for Kansas City is their offensive line because you saw a number of plays where just about the time you thought Houston might get a hit on Mahomes. I mean, there were a few, but but there were more plays where they bought him just enough time or he made enough moves to, to, to get a play downfield, which obviously just kills the defense because it usually results in another first down, new set of downs, you're out on the field even longer. And they just, Houston just looked tired. So I, I think that obviously there's a lot of weapons on a team like Kansas City, but I think that offensive line especially is going to be interesting to watch uh, throughout the year because you, you've got to find a way to break them down and force Mahomes to get somewhere else or force the ball out of his hands early on. Yeah. You, you, you really had to get to him. I mean, there's just no way around it. And, you know, speaking to the offensive line, I thought for sure losing uh, the chiefs, losing uh, uh, the right guard uh, this year due to COVID, you know, him opting out. I mean, he was like a, a pro ball type of guy. I mean, he's a stud. In fact, he opted out cause he's a an actual medical doctor. And so he, decided to actually, you know, help people instead of playing on the field, you know, but, you know, I thought for sure their, their, their line was going to suffer from him and kind of putting things together. Uh, But yeah, they were definitely pushing the defensive uh, of the Texans around. I think they struggled a little bit by the goal line. Um, It seemed like they weren't getting quite the same push there, but yeah, they were able to give Mahomes plenty of time and he just used, you know, his ability to sidearm or, However he throws the ball, it, it seems like it comes out like a baseball sometimes. It just kind of zigzags all over the place. But, um, 
he just, you know, he just really had it. And then throw in their new running back who was just phenomenal. I mean, that guy was a first rounder. I mean, I bet all the teams that pass on him are, you know, kicking themselves right now. Cause I mean, he looked great. Yeah. There's some scouts maybe losing their he jobs. He looked right great. Now. I mean, being a smaller, more compact running back, which typically don't go that high in the draft. I mean, he just looked like he was built to go out there and, you know, he's just all legs. So, I mean, man, he had a great night. So. Yeah. Well, and the other aspect is it's just one game, but it is an important game as they all are. I mean, it's it's an AFC conference and divisional game from our perspective for Tennessee. So good to see Houston lose. That helps us out already. Um, And then, you know, as the year goes on, those those interconference games are huge, obviously, in terms of seeding um, and playoffs. So I think, you know. A little bit of a win-win, but but just good to see that football happened. Yeah, at all. I agree. Getting here to this point was was huge, you know. Um, and I was going to ask, like, what 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 do you think the Texans did the best last night? Or what did you think they did the worst? You know, you know, I, I think as far as the best, really was they didn't completely give up on that game. I think there was a point in that second half, especially where it it had the the vibes that maybe we were about to see like a 51 to, <laughs> to 10 final sort of like college game, but you know, to their credit, and that's hard for me to say out loud really about is. the Texans, but to their credit, you know, I mean, they did what they could to try to put together a couple of drives. You know, they, they did score late, even though there was uh, arguably a missed offense, uh, you know, false start on the offensive line, you know, late in the game on that scoring possession. But, you know, and they even talked about this in the broadcast at that point in a game like that, you're really just trying to build some kind of momentum, something to work with going into the next game. So I'll give them that. I, I don't know that they necessarily got it. I mean, it, it it's weird to see a team, especially on offense that I think just didn't seem to really know what they were trying to do. Um, I mean, they've got a few weapons. They obviously brought in David Johnson. They got Brandon cooks. You know, those are some, pretty elite players they're they're gonna have to figure out a way to utilize those guys more yeah no uh a good good answer actually uh i hadn't even really put together that them staying in it to win it was uh you know something they actually did pretty well because they could have easily given up on that game um but they did stick it stick it through i i you know i thought that the best thing they did was probably run the ball uh personally i thought uh, David Johnson looked like he's trying to kind of re- reinvigorate his career, um, which is, you know, probably sad for all the Cardinal fans out here in Phoenix. <laughs> but uh, he definitely looked like the guy he was back in 2016, you know, who had the rushing record that year. Um, he was definitely running with authority. Um, and, and it was, you know, that was one of the brighter notes, I thought, of the game. I thought the 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 poor thing they did was, I think, defensively, uh, I think they just didn't didn't have you know I wouldn't I don't know if it's the right personnel I just don't think they they kind of were on the same page because you know you saw their middle linebacker uh, who they paid a lot of money for uh, get a horse collar tackle and then he followed that up with a um, I think it was an illegal uh, shift or push or something uh, so he had back to back penalties which cost them uh, the touchdown before the half um, it just kind of kind of seemed like you know the the defense just wasn't ready for anything and then you know Watt at times showed flashes of his old self but he just never really kind of was the, the force that he used to be where you know you constantly saw like two guys on him or him 
making some kind of crazy play. Um, you know, so I just think that the defense was just not where it should be for the Texans. Sure. What about um, on the other side here with Kansas City? Did you see anything from their offense or defense that might be something that other teams could exploit, could could try to focus on, anything that makes them beatable? Um, I think with the defense, like the, on, I'll start with their defense. I think their defense is good, but I wouldn't say it's like elite. You know, like I think it, I think it's it's pretty good, and their front their front guys really, you know push you hard but i i don't i think with the spags you know calling a lot of blitzes you know a lot of cover zero cover ones i mean i think if your offensive line holds up with pretty good receivers and timing i think you're going to beat them all day you know in terms of you know converting when you need to because they seem to blitz heavily more on third you know sometimes even on fourth down you know they just kind of you know they they like to roll the dice that way and and i get it it's aggressive you know it works sometimes but you know uh, not having those guys in the backfield, I think you give up a lot of yards. Uh, so, so I think their defense definitely seemed like, you know, it's not, it's not anywhere near as good as, you know, uh, other teams defense, but that being said, they make up for it on offense. I mean, on offense, uh, it's hard to say there's anything to exploit with that new running back. I mean, that new running back really opens up a lot of things for them. I mean, his shiftiness and his ability to, to go, you know, up the middle uh, seemed pretty good. The only thing I noticed is it, it seemed like he struggled going right up the middle where it seemed like he had to kind of make a cut and get around to the outside a little bit, you know. So uh, I don't think he's that type of guy that's going to run right between the, you know, between the guards or anything. He's, he's going to definitely, you know, kind of bounce to the outside a little bit. Um, but, but uh, you know, that's a small price to pay for such a good running back. And so, uh, but I think, I think on offense, it's going to be really hard to exploit. I, I really, there wasn't really anything that jumped out at me other than probably just, uh, I was surprised how easy uh, their, uh, their tight end Kelsey was getting tackled. I mean, uh, it, it seemed like he, you know, the, some of the smaller guys were having a lot of luck bringing him down. I don't I don't know if he just wasn't in full, kind of gear for the game or, or, you know, not having the off season, but, you know, typically that guy was, it seemed like you had to have like some kind of like middle linebacker to bring him down. And really the Texans to their credit, were bringing him down with corners and safeties, you know? Yeah. I mean, I think about Kelsey, I think that's really just, just great defense. It's great foot tackling. That's what you saw most last night with Kelsey and even on a few other plays where, Yes, the catch was made, so they got some yards in the play, but they were brought down pretty quick, and that's that's really all you can ask for in some of those scenarios because of how fast the the Chiefs can be. I do think what we saw last night was that, you know, Mahomes and that offense they don't do well if you get clean enough pressure off the edge, and I absolutely am saying that to plug our our pass rush on the edge and what we're, <laughs> we're hoping to see, because that really is part of what it comes down to. I mean, the, the, the front of that line is obviously very strong, so you, you don't know that you're necessarily going to get it there, but you know, Mahomes is a guy that I think likes to kind of get back behind the line of scrimmage and then, and then go side to side. And if he's not able to do that, it definitely disrupts what they're trying to do. So I think, you know, for any team, but especially for us trying to, to now that we've kind of padded the edge between Beasley and Clowney, I mean, I think that's really going to be key if we're able to get that, that edge pressure. 
Now, now it's a good observation. He did kind of struggle with that a little bit, um, you know, and like you said, you have to have really good outside guys to get there. And, you know, unfortunately for him, we actually do. So, you know, it's going to be, right. <laughs> and I remember you calling that out last night. That was a good call out actually, as the game was going through. Um, but yeah, no, I, I think he did struggle a little bit there, you know, with some of the pass rush and pressure, he's definitely uncomfortable, but then, you know, the, 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 the thing was, is their ability to run last night really kept, you know, the linebackers a little bit closer to the line than they would have normally been. And then that being said, I don't think you saw like some of the, the crazy vertical offense that I think we're used to seeing the chiefs do. I mean, I think they sort of, you know, were definitely uh, dinking and dunking their, their way down the field. Cause I think one of those drives, they went what like 90 yards and scored a touchdown. I mean, that's kind of a heartbreaker for the defense to be, you know, go through a long drive like that. It just wore them out. But I, I mean, at the same time, you just didn't see that explosive playability. Sure, it's there. I mean, they're just too good of a team, but I just didn't see that. So I'm sure eventually it's going to be like nothing but nonstop highlights of Mahomes to, you know, Watson or, or sorry, uh, am I thinking the receiver, uh, uh, Wilkins, I think his name, or just, you know, him just doing these crazy throws downfield, you know. Yeah, I mean, I think, it, you know, week one, <clears throat> in a way, you know, maybe some teams do exactly what they need to to win. Maybe there's a little bit of pace in themselves. We'll we'll probably see more as the year goes on. Um, but, again, it's just good to kind of be in this moment to to actively see season uh, starting and, and happening. So, obviously, we've got plenty more games coming up on Sunday. But, most importantly, Monday night, uh, three days from now, Tennessee finally takes the field for that uh, season opener against Denver. Uh, how, how are you feeling about this game where our team is at, where Denver is at? Just, just, what are you thinking we're going to see? Well, you know, I'll just talk about the elephant in the room. I mean, you know, Von Miller going down, um, that really helped us out, you know, and, and I'm not saying that, uh, they're a one man team by any means. I mean, they do a lot of really good things, but him being out, you know, for the whole season and being so close to the game, right. I mean, you know, they're probably going to have to just bump up guys on the practice squad that they thought were more project guys that are going to probably have to suit up. I know they tried to sign uh, Clay Matthews this week, which he kind of snubbed his nose at them, you know? So I think they're, they're really going to be hurting from that perspective because they, the, a lot of the defenses around him just, you know, rushing on that side and, and, and uh, they're able to play a lot of zone defense because they don't have to bring that extra guy or that, exotic blitz because he's going to just cause so much havoc, you know, off the line of scrimmage. So I think that really changes their mentality. So, so that being said, I, I really feel good about it, but you know, not to put it all that on him and, and all, you know, you could bring in Sutton's injury who, who seems like he's hurting too. Um, I just really think we, we were in a good place. I mean, regardless, of, you know, had both of them played at full speed, I think we still would have won this game. I really feel like, we're fielding the best team we've had in years. So I've really felt good about it. Uh, the long training that seemed like a forever uh, sees <laughs> a training camp, you know, uh, with nothing but zoom calls. Uh, it seemed like they were ready, man. So I was, I was, I was, I was down. I, I think they were going to win. They were going to win on Monday regardless. But I think right now with, with the injuries that Denver unfortunately suffered, I just don't think they come out of that, you know? 
Yeah, and you know it, we did t- talk about this earlier in the week. It, you obviously never really want to see a player uh, go down, you know, out for the season potentially, and, and especially when it's not even a in, in a game type scenario. It's one of those freak injuries. I think they called it where it's just literally in practice towards the end of the day, it just happens. So it, it's certainly uh, unfortunate for, for Von Miller. Um, and it, I think it does help us. I, I already felt good about this game regardless, to like, like you mentioned. Um, so I already had us winning, you know, 26-20 was really the score that I had in mind. Um, and, and it's not just because of, of, of even with Von Miller being out now, but, you know, Denver is an interesting team right now. They've got a new head coach. Their defensive coordinator is only in his second year. And then their quarterback, you know, he is a guy that really this is going to be his first full season playing. Um, And so there's a lot of newness to what Denver is trying to do. And, of course, you know, with the receiver Sutton that's now day-to-day, that could also impact the game. And it's not to say that they won't be competitive. Again, I I really am even now good giving them 20 points in the game. I just think that – we know who we are. Um, we've obviously had a very uh, robust offseason and training camp that is just built off of, you know, consistency, built off of effort that, you know, we, we feel good about. So I think the amount of familiarity um, and hopefully if we can keep our health where it's at between now and Monday, you know, there's no reason for us to not feel good about this being a wonderful matchup. Yeah, no, I agree. But it, it, yeah, it's, 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 I definitely felt good about the game. The only thing, you know, right before we got on the on the podcast, uh, I was I brought up a lot of the stats from last year's game because I thought that was kind of pertinent to you know how some of this will play out. I know you can, you know, probably argue all day that that it's not because it's last year, but kind of look, looking at the stats, you know, you can see where uh, you know Lindsey had a great day that day. Uh, Sutton had a great day that day, um, considering that that Flacco really didn't have a good day. Those were the the only highlights of that team, but that was enough to win the game. You know, I mean, uh, it's, it's just so crazy, but uh, you know, now that they got, you know, Melvin Gordon and Lindsay, you know, healthy, um, you know, and I think on defense, you know, they, 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 you know, had uh, Von Miller who gave, who gave us a lot of problems, you know, in, in last year's game, you know, so I think, and they were able to stop Henry in that game considerably. It was one of Henry's worst games all season. He only had 28 yards in that game. So I thought for sure they were going to give us a hard time. I was definitely not overlooking them, but you know, I won't lie. The minute I saw Von Miller was in the game, I felt a lot better because even with them upgrading with uh, Casey on the front line, I still don't think that was enough to, uh, you know, have them pull out the win. Yeah, that's interesting. I mean, I, I, I think I feel differently in that, you know, you, you don't necessarily there, there's going to be value from looking at a previous mm-hmm. matchup for sure. But I, I think it has to be much more of just sort of a current where we're at now scenario. And, and look, I mean, Casey obviously is a huge pickup for Denver. I think, I think he'll have his moments in the game. I won't be surprised if he's able to get a couple of sacks in. He's just that type of player, mm-hmm. but you know, I think it really comes down to, kind of like we saw last night, where are these teams at and and how ready they are? And, you know, certainly I'm biased because I'm a Titans fan, but all all of what I have watched and heard and observed and read about from our training camp especially, I think you just have to be very confident in where we're at. Um, You know, we might see some limited action. I mean, certainly, you know, Beasley Clowney, I think they're still working to get to where – 
we want them to ultimately be um, in terms of conditioning and all that. But I think that we'll still see an impact. Um, and I think it's going to be exciting really defensively to kind of see what we look like, right? Because we're sort of trying out this Dean Pease inspired, but Mike Vrabel led with, with Shane Bowen's help type defense. It's going to be a little bit of a hybrid compared to how a lot of teams do it. So we know the talent that's there. Um, I think, you know, guys like Landry and Evans, you know, are, are ready to go. Um, I'm super excited for Simmons. I think he's going to have a monster year and this, and, and really this is going to be a great chance for him to disrupt a quarterback that's trying to prove himself for Denver. So there's just a lot defensively alone, I think for us to be excited about offensively it's it'll be interesting because i i really think we're going to do well i really expect to see our offense clicking very much like you saw it you know later into the year last year so it's you know there's going to be some nerves i imagine uh hopefully not too much rust but it's it's exciting yeah no it's super exciting and you know i just kind of looked at the last game because uh you know they do have some of the same you know, guys on their team. Uh, but yeah, I mean, it definitely wasn't like, like that game was, was like, how do you say a transition game for us? <laughs> so much, it was yeah. a very, uh, you can't really compare our, our team to last year's team in that sense. But I think you could kind of compare the Denver team to the Denver team, even though at that point Flacco was playing, but you know, of course they went on to, to lock as the season went on and he actually ended up winning like, what was it like five games or four games down the stretch at the very end of their season. So they, they definitely got hot with him. So, uh, and I think you pointed that out nicely how he he's, you know, hasn't played a full season, but he's coming into uh, his own with this season. So, but I really expected the game. I really expect the game on Monday to be uh, a war in the trenches because uh, I really think Denver's going to come out running the ball. I mean, I just think they're going to run, you know, because they got two guys that could arguably be uh, starters, you know, handing the ball off 30 times. You know, even though Lindsey is a little bit smaller, but he's proven so durable uh, over the cu- last couple of years that, I, you know, he, you can hand the ball to him 20 times in a game. So and then now you got Melvin Gordon, who's, you know, kind of coming, you know, from a, you know, a so-so season last year with the Chargers, but, you know, he's, He's fresh. I mean, he had all those contract woes at the beginning of the season, and this season he's locked and ready. So, I mean, I thought they were going to come out and just really run at us uh, for sure. So I think it's going to be a war on the trenches. Uh, And then on the other side, I thought, you know, it was going to be also another war running the ball with Henry, but we were able to be able to throw the ball. But I think with Miller not playing – uh, even with them upgrading with Casey up front, I, I think I think we're going to definitely be able to run. Uh, sorry, throw the ball a little bit better, uh, and, and even to some degree run the ball on that that left side because you know you don't have the worries of Von Miller, you know, who's so quick even on the run, you know, causing problems. So uh, I think I think the offense is going to look a lot sharper. Uh, unfortunately, due to the the injury, but I think they were already going to come out really sharp because of you know a lot of the stuff we saw from last year and a lot of the cohesiveness we've had, you know, over training camp. Yeah, this is maybe a little bit of another bull prediction for me, but I I think our offense, and I believe I've even said this before, but I think our offense is going to surprise people this year. I think that you're, you're going to see more, more of a spread offense and also just more creativity. I mean, obviously, you know that Derrick Henry is the workhorse and it's going to be a guy that we want to use to, to wear teams down every game, every week as the season goes on. Obviously, A.J. Brown's going to be a go-to receiver. Corey Davis is healthy. That should scare defense. 
you know, Humphreys is healthy. That should bother a defense. So you could say there's a question mark about, you know, receivers after that. Um, our tight ends are strong. We've got John o. Smith, who's set for a killer year. I love Fersker when he's in that role. I think Pruitt's shown his moments. But I just think that adding in some of the pieces that we did, especially Evans there at running back, I think we have a way to really kind of show some different looks. Um, and we've also heard – you know, all the talk about, you know, Henry working in the passing game some. So I think it's this game is a really good opportunity for us to kind of showcase mm-hmm. that. Um, so it's definitely exciting. So I, I'm, I'm curious, you know, from your perspective, who do you think wins this game? Uh, and, and is there any kind of why or how to that? Well, I think I think, again, being biased or totally biased, I should say, <laughs> we uh not even a little bit. Yeah, 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 I'm totally biased. Uh, I think the Titans win this game, and I think you know, unfortunately, like I said earlier, and, and I hate to keep harping on it, I think losing some key guys on Denver is really going to put them in the hole. So, you know, I forgot what I texted you. I thought the score was going to be during the week, but you know, I definitely think we hit 21, 24 points on offense with kind of everything you know working out the way we kind of expect. And then I think Denver is going to just pound the ball on the ground. And I think the defense will probably give about 14 points, maybe even a, a, a field goal there somewhere in there. But I, I think they hold strong on on not giving up any big plays, especially in the passing game. I think I think Denver, uh, you would have you would have worried about Denver with uh, Sutton on the field, but you know he he's so dynamic. But with him not on the field, I I, I don't really think there's anyone else, and so Drew Locke would have to really dig deep to you know make the other guys he has work, uh, which I just don't don't think that's going to happen. So I think uh, their tight end might give us a hard time, but I, I think the defense will just sort of get tested on the ground, which I think is good. You know what I mean? Cause I, I think getting tested with a, a really good running team. Cause I mean, I wouldn't label the Broncos that from last year, but I think this year they're going to be with the, the, you know, guys they have in the backfield. So I think it'll be a good test of the defensive line to handle the run. And with Clowney, you know, just signing up on our team, uh, you know, he plays the run actually exceptionally well. So, I mean, I, I think we have no worries putting him on either side and, and be able to chase down a guy, you know, laterally. So, yeah. So I went back and looked and I think, I think that's all a super valid take, man. Like I, I also have Tennessee winning when really it's, it's regardless of, of, you know, Von Miller's status, um, just for right. all the reasons that we've talked about. So I, I'm still going with 26-20 just overall. <laughs> I mean, I think that, you know, we should have an efficient game offensively. You know, I'm trying to allow for, you know, maybe just some – I don't want to say like growing pains or hiccups necessarily, but I mean, you know, you try to account for a, a team like Denver that that does have good coaching for the most part. Right. Um, but I think it's going to be a Tennessee win, um, which, which I'm excited for um, and could very much be a, a typical game in the sense that, you know, we often see those games where – the other team has the ball towards the end of the game, but our defense puts a stop to it, you know, and I, I wouldn't have an issue if that's kind of how it shakes down. So you had, uh, you had 21, 10, the last time we were talking about okay. scoring. So I think, I think either of us are probably in the right range. I mean, it, it essentially boils down or averages out to like a, a touchdown, touchdown lead win for, for Tennessee. Yeah. I'll, I'll stick with the 21, 14. I think, I think that's a little safer score. Uh, you know, I think Denver is going to, uh, give us a hard time on the ground and 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 i mean that in a positive way where they're going to come out and it's going to look like the defense just didn't understand where things were but it was just more like adjustments and you kind of saw this last year with peas he seemed to kind of give up 
you know, a couple of drives early. Um, not, I don't think it was more like, I wouldn't say on purpose. I just think that he co- sort of was letting them do what he, what, what they wanted to do and give them that sense of like, oh yeah, we can just do this all the time. And then the rest of the game just shut it down. So, <laughs> so I think he got, he let them build that kind of, you know, fake confidence. Uh, so I, I, I don't know if, if, if our defense is going to sort of take that same approach, I think probably be, you know, quite honest, probably more aggressive this year. Uh, I think, you know, from listening to a lot of the coaches, they feel like they're just going to really go after you. So we might actually see more blitzes this year. Uh, but the good thing is I think we'll see more blitzes probably from the more linebacker positions than we were last year. We had to always bring in like a safety or a corner to sort of create that blitz. I think you I think we won't have to do that this year. But, uh, yeah, I, I think it's it's going to be a, a, a test on the defense. And I think the offense is going to just – it's really kind of their game to lose, if that makes sense, you know. Sure. So I have a couple of uh, questions sure. for you. One's really more of a topic um, because you mentioned Clowney and obviously we signed him since we last spoke and we've got to talk about yeah. it. But before, before we go there, um, here's what I'm curious to know from your perspective is Titans are playing on Monday night football and it's going to be the last game of week one. And I know some people are a little bit annoyed because it's a later game. So depending on, you know, what coast you're on, especially it could be a late night, but you know, we don't get a lot of prime time exposure. Um, you know, being that small market team. So from, from your thoughts, I mean, how obviously you want to go out and get a win no matter what. Um, and I think that if someone asked Brable this, he'd probably play it down because a win is a win or loss is a loss either way. But how important is this game for Tennessee from the standpoint of it being, you know, a prime time Monday night football game? I think it's really important. I mean, I think that, that from a, the franchise standpoint, they really got to come out and stamp this season with, you know, here are the Titans type of moment. And I think Monday night gives them that moment to show the league that we weren't just this one-off team that sort of got lucky. And, you know, uh, regardless of all these like record breaking stats, we just sort of like, you know, uh, hopped our way into the playoffs somehow, you know, I, I just think that it, it really is important just, just because it is prime time and those kinds of things. I think, I think that the franchise really wants to show the rest of the league, you know, how good we've, the team is, how good, the, you know, everything. And, and the fans will definitely appreciate it. The, the, the diehard fans that get to finally see their team on prime time. I mean, it's really rare when you look at a lot of the highlights from the Titans that you see it, you know, in the dark, meaning that they don't play, you know, at night, you know, most of their games are during the day. So it, it'll, it'll be really nice, man. I think, I think the team's going to respond. I think it's great for a lot of the players to showcase. I mean, Henry will be, you know, front and center, uh, you know, to you know on a monday night to to show his skills and Tannehill, you know who i think is really the leader of the whole team you know he's going to show that you know he deserved you know deserving of the contract that he got this year so i think it's a pretty big moment for the franchise i mean you know it would be really heartbreaking to lose just based you know it'd be heartbreaking to lose but to lose on monday night like that would be even more heartbreaking due to the the buildup that i'm talking about you know yeah and i agree i mean i think that you know certainly again even if the game wasn't televised at all, getting a win is the most important thing. But I think this is a good moment and a good step in the right direction in terms of us establishing ourselves that much more. Um, and so, you know, it, it, it's not to, to say that it should be a big deal, but I do think it's great to get that exposure, to have that opportunity to kick the year off 
um, you know, on a good platform. And, you know, again, especially with the, the recent news of Clowney. So it's kind of a, a natural transition here. I mean, we managed to pull it off after all this, this time and wait and drama um, news started trickling in. I think it was even late Friday last week. Um, and then of course, by the, by Monday, it was, it was a done deal. So now that Clowney is a Titan, how do you feel about that? What are your expectations for him? Where, where do you see that making an impact? Oh my gosh. You know, Clowney being the Titan, I thought we would never get here. <laughs> I mean, playing, here we playing, are. playing against him for, what was it, like five years? I mean, uh, you know, he was a thorn on our side all of those years. You know, I think a couple of those years he was pro Bowl. You know, he had the pro Bowl and, and he was on the, you know, the all-star team. So, I mean, he, he's, he's such a force and, and, and I, we had to figure out a way to, to stop that guy or, you know, just figure, you know, get around him altogether. So it's definitely from that perspective, nice having on the team. I don't know why, maybe because uh, we went up against him so many times. I sort of don't have this like fall in love with him feeling as I do with, you know, some of the other guys yeah. that we brought in. Um, and, and I think, again, it's just my like my uh, I, I don't want to like he's the enemy, right? <laughs> but I'm sure that as the season goes on and I see him in his Jersey and, and seeing him make plays all over the field, I'm sure that will go away. But, you know, I think what I'm, I, I'll be honest. I think when the minute I see him slowly getting up, I'm, I'm going to run to that battered Titan Titans fan attitude that, that why would you even <laughs> see Ruben? This is what you got to work on. Those words shouldn't even be coming out of your mouth. <laughs> I'm, this is a confessional here. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm being Man. honest. So I... This is not a confessional hotline for those listening. <laughs> if you're looking to confess something, it is not here. I mean, this is like confessing murder right here. So, I mean, it's like, uh, I'm just trying to say like, I, I think my instincts will probably go to like, Oh, we just overpaid this guy gets hurt. But I, I think, you know, at the end of the day, honestly, I really like all, I, I, I like the interview that he had, um, you know, recently after practice. And I, I like a lot of the positive things, uh, that have been coming out, uh, you know, uh, uh, in terms of like how to use him. So I think he definitely actually really seals the deal for us being more of an elite type defense, you know? Yeah. And, and, you know, it, it really is exciting. Um, I'll be honest. I think one of the things that I've had to, to admit, you know, since he officially, you know, signed with Tennessee is that I'm not really all that familiar with him. I mean, you're like, you're like, you know, the name, you know, the player for, for the most part on the service of what he's known for and what he's capable of. And I think even as a casual fan, you would know, like, you know, some of the health issues that he's had, but I think what I've been really uh, impressed with is just that, he's just, he's ready, man. He, he's already in it. I mean, to, to his credit, he's, he's spoken about how, you know, wanting to play with Vrabel again really is part of what, what swayed him. He, he likes to play for Vrabel. I think that's a huge win for us because it's just one more guy that understands what we're doing, how we're doing it. And Vrabel's the guy that's already going to have familiarity with how to utilize his skills. So I think that's tremendous, but to J Rob's credit, you know, cause you mentioned, you know, if, if things don't work out, splendidly like have we overpaid i think we have to give major props on how they did this deal because it's a one-year deal right and and you know who knows where it goes after this year but it's it's five million guaranteed there's about a million in per game active bonuses he did get a six million dollar signing bonus but there's a lot of incentive in this deal and i think for a guy like Clowney, it's perfect because 
there's there's a bonus for percentage of playing time. There's another bonus for playing time plus playoffs. There's another bonus for Pro Bowl. And then there's another one for if he hits 10 sacks. So I think the way they structured this deal is amazing because it doesn't kill us in the moment. We could still, you know, do some magic even in this season if we needed to or wanted to. But I think it also does just enough to make Clowney feel like he's taken care of and also just gives him, I think, that much more motivation to be a force on this team. Wow, look at you. Uh, J-Rob, why aren't you calling this guy for scouting hey, team and contract work? <laughs> J-Rob, I'm available, sir. I'm available. Or I'll just take a jersey with your name on the back. Yeah. So, uh, <laughs> either way. That was that was a good breakdown of uh, his contract. I, I didn't know all the details, so I'm glad he kind of you know dove into that. That was great work, man. Yeah, I, I just think it's it's clever. It's part of those those business details that kind of help make it happen. But I think overall, I think it's uh, it's hard to describe because I I had to think about when this went down. I was trying to think of when was the last sort of big name that we felt like we landed. And 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 I will admit that I don't I don't know that I have a good answer on this. So I was wondering if you could help me think of that. Like when was the last time Tennessee landed a guy? that kind of just impressed people or it was kind of like one of those where you had to hand it to us on bringing them in. Well, I think the, the guy, and it probably doesn't really quite answer your question is, is probably Tannehill because, you know, we did pay a lot of money for him. We had to pick up his last year, uh, uh, on his contract. I think we ended up paying him last year, like 10, 10 or 8 million. It was pretty high considering he was coming in as the backup, Right. And at the time, nobody thought that was such a big deal. So it's probably a bad example. But what I mean is we paid a lot of money for a backup quarterback, you know, uh, and arguably a lot of people probably could have wanted to start him. But we, we held on to him as a backup. So I think that was a, a big signing that we had. But to, to, to actually get down to the, the meat of your question. No, I, I don't really think there's a guy that we signed that sort of does that. I mean, you could maybe argue that Saffold last year was a pretty big line signing, you know, because he was the premier uh, left guard on the free agency market, but you know I know what you mean. That we we don't sound we don't oh, sorry we don't sign like you know that that guy that you know we don't have a Hopkins type of deal that you know everybody's just like what you know we just don't have those and and to some degree I don't really think Clowney did that you know what I mean he's he it was talked about in the media but you know with with him sort of snubbing his nose at the Browns and then you know other teams it seemed like you know they, the 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 conscious of the of the NFL was like he's just not playing ball and he's trying to be difficult and those kinds of things. But then you know he, he here he is and, and and like you said, I think he is a pretty big signing. And much like Tannehill, it's not going to seem like that big of a splash, but I think it's going to be huge towards the end of the year. You know. Yeah, I mean that's an interesting take on Tannehill because I know that that really, you know, looking back on it now, that trading him in the way we did was really kind of a steal in the long run, but. Um, I guess in a way it almost feels like this is like another turning point because another thought that I had is, you know, I think we're on the verge of a, of a very successful season. And what excites me is that you, you want to see a franchise become a place that players want to go to and play. And, and that may sound like a super obvious type of statement, but what I mean by that is you think about the dynasty that the Patriots created and how many different players throughout the years came in, even if it was for just a season to play with Belichick, to play with Brady, to ultimately compete for and play and win a Super Bowl. 
I think that this could be, I'm not going to just say that it is, but I think that if Clowney has a, a good year for us, if we play well, if we end up back in the playoffs and playing competitively late into the season, I think this could be a catalyst for Tennessee becoming that place. Mike Vrabel being that coach, J-Rob being that, that you know person that guys want to come and play for. And that gives us so much longevity to, to stay a power horse in this league. Yeah, I really hope so. I really hope that that's what we're seeing because, uh, you know, it was unfortunate to lose uh, uh, Jarrell Casey. I mean, I think that sort of snubbed a lot of the fans the wrong way, and he was pretty vocal about that. But outside of that, I think everybody who leaves the team is definitely happy with our culture. And even when you see a lot of the guys talking about the culture, it's it's just really good. I mean, you know, I'm not in the locker room, so I can't really tell firsthand, but it really just seems from their interviews that there isn't this locker room problem that some teams have. It doesn't seem like – you know, because this guy gets paid, everybody else is pissed at him. You know, it's not like, mm. you know, it's. It, I think you're right. We're definitely moving in that direction to get to where, like you said, you know, people will want to play for Tennessee and take, you know, almost pay cuts to come there. You know, and, and the nice thing about Tennessee kind of throwing that out there is that, you know, they don't have um, a t- state tax. So you kind of can end up signing a guy a little bit lower just because you ended up you end up getting that money back from not having that tax, right? So, I mean, small tidbit, right? But <laughs> it's like, still, I think I... Yeah, it's, it's important, though. It's, it's, that, that could be an incentive for a guy to want to go there. Yeah, no, I mean, you, you save a little money on right there, you know? And again, I think Nashville's a great town. I mean, it's so much fun to visit. I mean, there's a reason why the uh, opposing team sells out on our game on purpose is because, I mean, it is a great place to visit, you know? Uh, with so many things to do and such a great nightlife and, you know, restaurants and, and things to do that the climate's not very overly harsh. I mean, you get a all four seasons. I mean, it's a great place to live. I, I mean, I just think, I think you're right. We're definitely opening that door to that. And it'll be great to, to have that moment where guys are just kind of like, yeah, you know what? I'll, I'll take Tennessee. And, you know, you did kind of see that with Humphreys, right? I mean, yet last year, I mean, Humphreys had his chance to go to the Patriots um, and he actually took, I believe little less money to come to us. So, I mean, he definitely saw a better culture with us. And so, I mean, you know, again, I think it's really starting to turn that corner. So exciting times for sure. Um, another aspect that I wanted to follow up on, cause we touched on this last week was that uh, Khalif Raymond, at least for right now um, is being named that guy for, for, for kick return. Yeah. And I think we talked about this in a moment. Um, if I remember right, you're not, you're not super thrilled necessarily on, on that decision. <laughs> I am super duper thrilled on that decision. Oh, okay. Uh, you know, I was so hoping they didn't put a Dory back there or Humphreys. I just really felt like, you know, a Dory more so to keep him healthy. And then Humphreys, because I, I just really didn't think he was comfortable. So seeing Raymond back there was huge and, and, and them sort of calling that out. I was really happy about that, even though I would hate to see him get hurt necessarily. Cause I think he does. He's the guy that stretches the field for us technically. Um, but still, I think him handling that duty was huge and that was really good to see. So that nice call out. Yeah, no, I think it's a good move. I think um, really the only other guy that we've seen with as much instinct in that role is Jennings. Um, so we know that Raymond has the speed. I think you'll certainly still see him get his moments on offense, you know, as that deep threat when we want to spread the field a little bit more because um, he certainly showed that he can do that last year. But I think I think it's a smart decision. I mean, you you 
you want to feel confident and and not only does I think he understand what we're trying to accomplish in that role, but I, again, I think he has a lot of good instinct and and is able to kind of read the field. So to me, it was just kind of good to see that locked down a little bit, you know, going into that week one. Scenario. Yeah. And, and I think, you know, to his credit, right. I mean, he must've done the right things to win the job. You know, I mean, he must've been, you know, yes. definitely showing <laughs> the skill set at that, at that position. Cause you know, you know, our team is so hard on like, you know, guys got to do multiple things. So it fits right in line with the mantra of the team, him playing, you know, a deep threat receiver as well as a returner. Um, but I think he still must have proven himself with, you know, the amount of talent we have on our team to, to take that position. Cause you know, there was even some talk that Evans, you know, being a, a kick returner a punt returner in college could have maybe even won that job. So. Yep. And certainly one of those things that might, might fluctuate, but it's certainly exciting to see him establish himself as the season gets going. So um, again, just about three days away from, from kickoff for Tennessee there in Denver. Any, any other thoughts that you have on where the team is at this, this, this week one matchup? Uh, no, I think they're ready. I mean, I think they're locked and loaded and they're, they're honed in and ready. You know, I think one of the things I wanted to, you know, pick, pick your brain with was uh, since you seem to uh, be at GM level now with players, uh, <laughs> what, what, what stood out to you in, in some of the, you know, the, the tape that we're seeing on YouTube now with a lot of people breaking down him go coming to us and some of the stats you probably came across from your late nights of studying him. Um, what, what, what is it that stood out to you the most that he's going to bring to the team that we um, definitely didn't have with the, the other great talent, you know, on the, on the front line. Is, is this about clowning? Yes. Clowning. Sorry. I thought I said that. <laughs> No, you're good. I just want to make sure. I just want to make sure. Yeah. Um, it's a good question. And there has been some really good footage sort of posted um, the last few days about, you know, what he can bring and kind of what his skill set looks like on the field. What really stands out to me about this, though, is is something that I saw highlighted on Twitter that that it shows how a player like Clowney can impact the game. And it's not even what he necessarily does. I think it's the attention that he draws. Okay. So last season, the guy that we were kind of trying to rely on in this same way was Cameron wake. And obviously, you know, we only had him for nine games, but if you just look at Harold Landry, right, those nine games that he played with wake in the lineup, he had seven sacks, nine QB hits. Now the seven games that wake didn't play, he only had two sacks and only five QB hits. So I think what's interesting about this is if you plug in Clowney now instead of Wake and you think about how disruptive Clowney can be, just imagine what that does to open up it for the rest of the defense, not just Landry, but I think the rest of the defense. So I think, I think that's what stands out to me is this puts so much pressure on the offense to, to be aware of Clowney's at the line, he's on that side, and God help him if Beasley's also on on the line. Like I just think it's really going to force an offense to try to try to do too much to focus on one guy, which allows someone else to make a play. Yeah, no, I I think that's a great take on on how Clowney's going to play out. And I was really interested on on what your thought process was because I know you're just kind of consuming a lot of of the stuff that that's kind of floating around right now. And I think the only other aspect on that is is it, it's going to be interesting. I think to see does he does this become a player that is really trying to play out the game or how situational do they make it? You know what I mean? Like I could see early on it, you know, if he's working himself into the system, into that conditioning, then maybe he's not on every down. Um, but I think as the season progresses, he become, becomes that, 
that Derrick Henry type powerhouse, you know, for the defense where just, you know, trying to wear, wear the line down every play. Yeah, no, I, I agree. I, I think he's going to be, uh, and that's a really good analogy, kind of the De- uh, Derrick Henry on the defensive side. Cause uh, you know, now that he's implementing Ben moves and he says he feels really good. I can't imagine the headaches he's going to draw from the offensive coordinators to just plan around him. Cause you know, a lot of times he has to get double teams. So he draws the, the guard and the tackle, you know, depending on what side he's on. And then you, you know, if you decide not to use the guard on him because you're trying to block Simmons in the middle, you know, you have to use a tight end to chip him on the way out, which doesn't give you that option for the tight end to kind of already be out there open. Right. And so then, or, or you have to use a running back to, to stay back to cover on that side too. So it, it just, it just, you know, just from that perspective, it, it definitely gets inside the head of the offensive coordinators that he'll be facing. So, yeah, definitely. Um, is there anyone that you're just super excited about, especially starting out the year in terms of, you know, seeing what they're able to do? Uh, yeah, I'm super excited about John U. Smith. I just, you know, I'm excited to see what he can bring to our team. I think last year he showed flashes of being, you know, an elite tight end, but he didn't get enough touches to kind of warrant that label. But uh, I mean, I think he is, you know, he can do so many things. He can block now. He's got that, you know, under his belt now. He did struggle with that early, but he can, he can do it now. Um, He's taking the place of, you know, Walker, which is a, you know, a big shoes to fill, but I think he can do it. I think, I think, I think we're going to see him take off. I think he's going to be that uh, little hidden piece in, in the passing game that we didn't see last year, even though he did, you know, do quite a bit. And we are kind of tight end heavy, if you will, with Pruitt, Fersker and Swam, you know, uh, all kind of back there waiting to get on the field. But I think he's going to shine in those those more uh, deep passing threats down down the field, and I think I think he's going to really uh, showcase his skill set. And I think on defense, uh, kind of following up on that is, I mean, I think you know, I mean, I I think Simmons is still going to be my favorite to just yeah. you know break out. I mean, I I think he's going to be the new Donald of the NFL. Where you know, uh, I don't know if you watched Hard Knocks, but there just was this kind of sense to Donald. I mean, as soon as the camera went on him or he was doing something on the practice field, it just felt like he, all the focus was on him. You didn't even have to know his number or, you know, know who he was. You could just tell he was kind of greater than everybody else. I really think Simmons is going to take on that role this year uh, and just draw so much attention. So, um, yeah, those are the two guys I have going for us, you know, and hopefully kind of a more of a shout out is that Gonikowski is our saving grace at kicker, you know, so. <laughs> yeah, I think uh, we're both definitely high on Simmons for the defense. I think he's, you know, he's primed to have a, a monster second season. Um, so I'm definitely excited for him to, to really kind of show where he's at. I think offensively, you know, everyone slept on AJ Brown last year mm-hmm. for whatever reason throughout the entire year, arguably got snubbed for rookie of the year. Um, so I, I think that even though people are going to be more aware of him, I still think he makes an impact. I think his playmaking ability is, is, is unreal. And I'm excited to see where he's at. Um, you know, you mentioned Gaskowski. I mean, he's got one job and that's to make kicks and it's what he's been doing for, for years. So I think you, you got to feel good about where we're at kicking wise. Um, I do want to throw a coach in there though. And, and that is just that I'm excited for Arthur Smith. I mean, I feel like, this is a guy that most people don't even know who he is, even though he's been in, in the league for years, worked his way up with the staff, second year offensive coordinator. And, you know, especially to have a, a year last year where 
you know, you play six games with one quarterback and then end up with another. I, I think he just put together a great year, and I'm I'm just very excited to see what he does this time around. Yeah, no, that's definitely a, a really good pick uh, for kind of one of the more outstanding things we'll see this year because he, you know, he is the the son of of the owner of FedEx, right? He he uh, he actually was the only staff to uh, get through uh, Wizenhunt staff. He got through uh, Malarkey staff, and now he's on Vrabel staff. So he, I mean, all those, and you're talking about like a lot of those, co- those coaching staffs got cleaned out, right? So I mean, it's crazy that he survived all those different head coaches, and he's here now, uh, finally coaching uh, the offense. So yeah, no, it's going to be exciting to see what he does. I think with his, you know, I think early on, uh, we, you know, in the season, uh, I know I did this. I sort of second guessed maybe him being. Uh, the offensive coordinator with with some hiccups at the beginning of the year, but I think you know, kind of looking back, you could probably blame some of those on Mariota, unfortunately. Um, but I think overall, as the season went, he just got so much better, and it really always felt, you know, towards the end of the year, especially in the playoff games. I think you saw where like it was pretty obvious that you know everybody thought he was playing checkers, but he was really playing chess. You know, so it, it, it's going to be fun to see this year for sure. A lot of stuff to be excited about. It's definitely definitely that time of year. Um, so one thing I wanted to kind of just throw out there uh, before we move into that threads talk here. Yes. Um, so and and I just want to preface this by saying I am not emphasis on not I'm not giving Paul Karski credit here. All right. Um, <laughs> what the hell? Are he we did. Going there? <laughs> he he did in fact he did in fact say that he has Tennessee in the Super Bowl. Um, but he's got Tennessee losing to New Orleans in the Super Bowl. Um, I I just was curious, you know, we're still seeing so many people overlook Tennessee. Like there's still such there's this consensus that if anything, we're we're going to digress or regress, not be as good. Tannehill can't keep it going. Henry's not gonna be able to keep it going. Yeah, Clowney is neat, but it's one guy. Like there's just a lot of people who really aren't. Um, seeing us for who I think we are. I mean, I sent, you know, that QB information to you earlier today where, you know, Tannehill was ranked number 10, but he's ranked 10 after guys like Carson Wentz yeah. and like <laughs> Matt Ryan. Like I just, it's baffling to me. So to have a guy like Kowarski, who I feel like a lot of the times is unfairly crude in how he reports on the team to have him put in the Super Bowl is pretty impressive. Yeah. You know, I, I know that guy gets a, a lot of crap for, some things and, 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 you know, I, I can't go out and say, I agree with anything, but I think at the same time, I think he doesn't get enough credit for asking some of the, you know, hard hitting questions. And even though some of them come off as kind of outlandish, you know, I, I, I kind of think, you know, he, he sometimes actually hits more uh, meatier stuff than, you know, some of the other, the other sports writers that, you know, sometimes are just kind of like, so d- d- does he get along with Rabel? You know, like <laughs> it's just kind of, you know, he asks a little bit more in depth than that. So I-, I do, I do appreciate that, you know, to some degree. And like I said, he's gotten himself in trouble plenty of times, but uh, yeah, it's so cool to see him picking us for the Super Bowl, And that was really nice. Um, and that's, you know, it's not an easy thing to do. Cause when you look across the field, I mean, I'm pretty sure come Monday night, we, we might get picked by maybe one announcer when they do that you know, pick before the oh, game. Oh, I just looked. The and, uh, ESPN still has yeah. Denver 53% favored to win. Yeah, I mean, you know, it, it's crap like that. I mean, and you're talking about, you know, a lot of really respected 
uh, sports writers and sports announcers that, you know, that are out there still kind of do this with us. And so, you know, seeing Koharski give us that credit, I thought was really good. And also to see Peter King kind of, uh, talking us up too on on Sports Illustrated was really nice, you know. But mm-hmm. I, and I and I think you touched on this this week where like you know there's guys pointing to like oh you don't have a, a right tackle anymore with Conklin the the whole offense is gonna like somehow fall apart you know like <laughs> it's just so crazy and, and you know I, I I think a lot of the outside media just doesn't doesn't waste their time with this. I mean I remember people saying how the AFC South was done and guess what there was a you know the Texans and the Titans winning the first round you know back you know so it's like it's just crazy like I think I think our we're a small market division and then we're like a small market team so we just don't warrant that attention but everybody's going to be surprised and awakened this year so it's going to be a lot of fun yeah and and I will say I mean I, I think that you have to be honest about this being one of the most competitive times in football than I think ever. I mean, if you look at how many, how many, if you, I don't know what words you want to use. You could say good, competitive, whatever, but there are a number of strong teams all over the league. And so from that standpoint, I understand that it, it's hard to, to pinpoint any one team that maybe isn't already favored and especially a team that, you know, in recent years maybe hasn't done a ton, but I think what people are, are not embracing is the reality of when you put guys together that are efficient, that are ready to play, that understand the system and are able to execute it. That's what wins football games. And, and maybe it's just because I think people want to view the NFL as like a different type of league now, but I don't know that it is. I mean, I think that there's still a world where you can have a team that puts up longevity and they're and everyone wants to embrace the Chiefs and say the Chiefs are locked in to win the next like nine Super Bowls. So I'm like, if you're gonna do that, then you have to allow for a world where Tennessee could be just as competitive and just as successful for the same amount of time. So I think it's definitely gonna be a very competitive year. Um, it's gonna be an odd year. I do think you're gonna see, like we saw last night, I think you're gonna see a lot of games where for whatever reason one team's on it and one team is just rusty and it is what it is. Um, but I, I think that we are in a really good mental state as a team. I think physically we're, we're getting where we need to be. And I think the guys are, are buying into to what it's going to take to win. And that's really all you can ask for. Yeah, no. And, and you brought up a good point. I think those games where you're going to see a lot of rust and a lot of like figuring things out, you're going to see that from teams that haven't been together and, you know, kind of, uh, coaches yeah. that are finally, you know, barely getting their first shot in the NFL or taking on a new team. Uh, luckily or fortunately for us, we don't really have that problem. So I don't think we'll experience that as much as other teams. So I think that's something that's really going to benefit us, you know, at the out the gate, you know. And and just to add to that, to me, that's what makes this different is that, mm-hmm. you know, the past, even I'll just say five years, there was something that we had to look at our team about, whether it was a coach, coaching staff, player on one side of the ball the other that had changed or that was different or that we just didn't really know what to expect this is the first time since i honestly don't know when you look (laughs) at tennessee and you're like wait a second this is going to be a pretty good team we know this team we know what they're capable of and really the only question marks are things like Clowney or things like beasley or things like evans that could arguably make us even better Mm mm-hmm yeah no super exciting man i'm so ready um you know it's just going to be such a good year and 
you know, I, I just, I'm so locked into the game. You know, I'm glad we got a prime time, but, you know, I'll be honest. I wish we were the earlier game because <laughs> yeah. uh, the, the waiting until the very last game of the first week is just too much, man. <laughs> I know. It definitely – I woke up yesterday and basically felt like it was Christmas Day just because it was a, a football season officially starting. So yeah. it's going to be a, a lot of anticipation between now and Monday. But uh, we're we're almost there. Um, and, of course, the goal is going to be later in the week we'll recap the Denver game. Um, ideally, that's going to be a good re- re- recap of week one win for Tennessee. And then, obviously, we'll look ahead to that quick turnaround for Jacksonville. So it's uh, it's time, folks. It's time to, to go out and win some football games. Yeah, tighten up, baby. Tighten up. Um, any other thoughts that you have? Any other questions, ideas, takes? No, I think we covered a lot. And if you it was really good. I'm, I'm, you, you know, brought a lot of really good points. So it's going to be exciting, man. I'm so ready for the season again, you know, so let's be good, man. Let's get to the threads. Cause you, man. my friend have one of the best shirts I think you could buy right now. Um, I, that's probably true. You know, <clears throat> so. I, I caved on some stuff directly from, uh, the, the pro shop. And, uh, I have the bleed Navy blue shirt just arrived today, just in time for oh. kickoff on Monday. And it's, it's beautiful. Like it's, it's one of those shirts that, you know, you see it online you're like, man, I have to have that shirt. But then when you actually get it in the mail, it's so good. You almost feel like you should put it in a frame and just <laughs> hang it on your wall. <laughs> and it's beautiful. It's a beautiful shirt. That's awesome. <laughs> so anyone out there that hasn't pulled the trigger, man, I, I would pull that trigger to represent the team. Um, I know they had some good discounts on Nike gear this past week. Um, I've, I think for the most part, I think everything that normally is available kind of is right now, but I'm sure as the season progresses again, we'll probably see some more stuff drop. Yeah, it was it was a good sale. I mean, you sent it to me, and I, I hope it's still going on. So tomorrow I can maybe, or tonight at some point, I can get in there and order it because, you know, seeing you have it firsthand it makes me want it even more. Uh, I'd but... send one to all the Titans fans if I could. <laughs> yeah, no, it's it's pretty it's pretty amazing thing to see. So are you, are you, so it sounds like you're sporting that on Monday. And you normally – your, uh, yeah, so, your mantra I, is like, you know, follow the team color type of thing. So this is kind of getting out of your comfort zone. Well, it, it's a good topic to bring up because there's a couple of things that I'm curious about with our fan base. One, this is kind of like a generic thing, but I, I'm still trying to get like a feel for like how the rest of our fans view the team. Um, like, I think it's been a very interesting, like, like off season training camp. And I spend a lot of time on the team's subreddit page. Um, and I think especially since we signed Clowney, I think you've definitely seen a lot of people that are like, we're ready, we're in this, let's go do this. And so that's been super cool to see. Um, but then I also wonder about random things. Like I've always been kind of superstitious about mirroring the team. So every game, depending on what wardrobe the team wears, that's essentially what I wear. Um, and we were talking the other day about kind of your, your really feeling, I think you said the Tannehill shirt for the first game you've got the the navy kosher shorts to rock with it that's a sharp look i don't know like a part of me wants to sort of branch out and just kind of embrace more of a you know a sideline look since i've achieved that gm status <laughs> yeah yeah you don't really had the the look of the players down every week for me it's really hard because you know i have a lot of shirts i bought at the stadium like i have that red titan shirt that i bought at the stadium if i kind of followed 
what you kind of do naturally. There's no way I could wear it because they don't ever wear a red shirt. Well, um, Ruben, there are seven days in the week. Yeah, but I mean, I just like, I mean, that was special to me because I got it yeah. at, the, at the Bills game last year. Um, so it, it, those, those shirts, like I, I have this long sleeve one that I wore when we beat the Packers uh, about three years ago. So I wear that one only on like uh, super critical home playoff games. I'll wear that one for good luck. Um, so, so yeah, I got some shirts in there that kind of, kind of, I feel like give, give an edge for the week. If I need it, I don't take advantage of it and obviously wear them every week, but, uh, yeah, I just kind of go with what I'm feeling and like, I'm really feeling Tannehill's shirt. Cause I feel like this is his game to kind of showcase. I, I think even more so with the uh, Von Miller, uh, not playing, I think he's going to allow him to make a, a couple more th- throws that he wasn't going to make because you had to figure Von Miller was probably going to shut down maybe three or four uh, drives by himself, but you know, that's definitely not going to be there. So that should really kind of allow, allow Tennant Hill to, to light it up, you know, on Monday night. Yeah, it's a good approach. I think mine's just going to be just to be ready as ready as I need to be. So if, if they decide to scramble some jets and fly me to the game, uh, they can just land me right on the field and I'll just <laughs> blend right in, give me a clipboard and a whistle and a face shield. And uh, you won't even know that I'm not officially on staff. You, you need the red hat so you can be a part of the special oh, teams. Oh, man. <laughs> yeah. I I would do it, you know, whatever it takes. <laughs> well, listen, I'm just I'm just thrilled that we're here, that this is happening. 2020 season is, is officially underway and uh, it really doesn't get much more exciting than that. So, Tennessee on the road to kick the year off, but I think we're we're in good shape, and I'm I'm anticipating a, a victory. Yes, I am too. It's going to be a good game, and again, uh, you're absolutely right. We are finally here, and I can't wait till kickoff time on Monday. So be ready, Denver. Be ready because you're ha- you're having to play us. <laughs> so yes, man, uh, condolences in advance. Uh, at least Devon Miller, but uh, might as well just throw it out to the rest of Denver. Um, I'm sure they'll they'll take it in stride and uh, hope everyone everyone, oh. everyone listening, everyone else everywhere is just ready to go. Oh. And really quick, two second thought process: Colts or Jags on Sunday? Oh, oh, the Colts. Uh, I mean, is that even a question though? Well, it's a game. <laughs> if you want to call it that, I don't know, man. Like you know. Quick, this quick, has got quick, yeah you quick, want it to be quick, quick but it can't be quick, quick. it's just quick, sad quick, like quick <laughs> if the jags score more than 10 points i will be in utter shock so you're picking the colts yeah, it's gonna be <laughs> i mean don't worry rivals will probably throw like 19 errant passes into the stands but it'll still be enough to to get them the win right on yeah i got the colts winning that game too so if the nfl had a d league i don't even know if the jags would make that <laughs> Yeah, they're arguably maybe the worst team in the NFL right now. So now, maybe next yeah. to the Panthers, but you know that's that's our. Yeah, we'll see. Good, I don't know. I actually, uh, yeah, Bridgewater's not a bad quarterback though. I kind of I kind of like where he's at, but yeah, I don't mean I don't mean based on like I think quarterback wise definitely better than the Jags, but I think the the rest of the team and a first year coach, uh, it it's going to be tough on them. But mm-hmm, you know they're mm-hmm. rebuilding, so that's that's, that's what right. that's, you got to uh-huh. go through. So yeah, all right. All right, let's let's wrap this up. Let's wrap this show up. Let's go. Yep, it's been a, it's been a great episode as always. Appreciate everyone that's listening. Uh, you can reach out uh, Two Tone Take Podcast at Gmail if you have any thoughts or feedback. We're available on Anchor right now. And uh, tighten up, folks. Season season starter gets underway Monday night.
Yes. Good night.